Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Well, hello, Victory family. want to welcome you again to all who are joining our online service today. Where, well, we're continuing our sermon series on the book of Romans, uh, The Gospel Explained, and we are now on week number 13 out of a 22-week sermon series. But for next week, we will be taking a short break as we talk about the next generation. So I want you to stay tuned for a two-week mini-series. But today we are tracking along with Romans chapter 8, uh, where we left off last week. And this is considered to be the most beautiful part of the Bible, as I said last week, because of everything that it says about the believer. That's us. That's you and me. And we've learned that God has done through Christ to set his people free from sin so that they can have a new life of peace and in the spirit. And God has adopted us into his family, made us his sons and daughters, co-heirs with Christ. We are led by the spirit. We are empowered to think and live according to the spirit. Um, You know, it's talking about adoption, sonship. The apostle Paul now shifts to address the problems that we are facing in a sin-saturated world. And he shows the people of God to have confidence and never give up hope. Well, today's going to be an interesting topic. We're going to talk about suffering. Well, you heard me right. I said suffering with a capital S. Now, how many of us can actually relate with that word suffering? Well, if you live in this planet, I think you understand what suffering means. You know, um, maybe many of us are asking why this whole world is going through this pandemic. Why are there so many people suffering with sickness, whether it's COVID-19 or other disease? Why is there poverty? Why am I going through difficulties and hardships? Some of us may have lost loved ones. Why is there so much emotional pain? You know, some, so many questions that we are asking uh, today. We will try to answer these questions in our sermon. And to continue on with our trek on Romans, I'd like for us to open our Bible to chapter 8. Still in chapter 8, we'll be reading uh, from verse 16 to verse 30. And this time, I'll be reading from the ESV uh, version. Let's read from verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us or to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the, revela- for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Verse 22, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this we hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes with what he sees? 
But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He, and he who searches our hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, verse 28, that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called, and those He called, He also justified, and those whom He justified, He also glorified. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our time together today as we study your word. Once again, we are grateful for sending for you sending your son Jesus uh, to die for us, to give us a new life. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for empowering us to live this life. We ask, Lord, that you give us wisdom and revelation and inspiration to know you better today. We commit to you this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, so today we are actually talking about this suffering in the present time. And I know that this is quite a difficult topic to uh, talk about because, you know, it actually strikes a nerve for many of us who are going through some suffering. Uh, A lot of us have gone through such uh, suffering in the past, Um, you know, but I want to just be able to speak a word of encouragement for all of us today Whatever it is that you're going through, whether you're in, uh, you know, in that particular season in your life where you're having a difficulty, hardship, or maybe you've gone through a storm uh, in the past. Now, I believe that today, as we're, you know, talking about this message all around the world, people are suffering. But yet, I believe also that God will not leave us hanging because there's always hope if we put our faith in Him. Now, let me ask you a question. If you knew that something amazing and wonderful is going to happen to you in the future, do you think it would make a difference in the way you live today? Well, for example, if your company CEO promised to you the position of executive vice president and he will multiply your salary 10 times from your current supervisory role, how will that affect the way you work? Will you go to work every day dragging your feet because your job is difficult? Or will you be the most excellent employee making sure that you are making a great example or setting a great example and a model for others to follow? Things won't bother you that much. You probably will be more patient with the people knowing that someday you will be their boss. You will probably start to live in the light of who you are because of what you will be tomorrow. Well, that idea was probably in the back of Paul's mind as he wrote the 8th chapter of Romans. Um, The underlying theme is victorious or triumphant living. It's both desirable and possible. And in spite of our current or present suffering, guess what? We will all have a glorious future to look forward to. You know, as we talk about this gospel, let us not forget the power that it has in store for the believers. We talked about Paul's thesis for the book in, back in chapter 1, verse 16. And he said this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, 
For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. There is a transforming power of the gospel in the life of every believer. Now let me just ask you that particular statement. And I believe that if you are a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, there has been some changes in your life. You've probably noticed that. You're probably more patient now. Your words are now curated. You know, the way your thought life is different. You know, last week we talked about it. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We are now being led by the Spirit of God. Now, this gospel has the revolutionary power to change your relationships, believe it or not. Your marriage, your finances, your thought pattern, your habits and behavior, the inclinations of your heart, the words that come out of your mouth, basically your outlook in life, things will change. It'll change your appetite for the things of this world and refocus it on the things of God. We will look at how this new life in Christ will help us see things from a different light, especially in the area of suffering and hope. Well, Charles Dickens, uh, from uh, the book Great Expectations, he said this, Suffering has been stronger than all other teachings and has taught me to understand I have been bent and broken, but I hope into a better shape. You know, there's something about suffering that teaches us to have a better view or outlook in life. You know, I know that we don't wish to suffer. We don't want you know, our prayers probably is always a prayer of blessing, a prayer of favor every single day. But yet there are times that we go through suffering, we go through difficulties, we go through hardships. And yet I believe that uh, God somehow allows that so that we can be better believers. I hope to look at suffering from the point of view as a follower of Christ. We need to have the right theology of suffering. That somehow when you talk about suffering, and this is not something that's foreign to us as Christians, because you know, even our master, the one who led us, the one who we're following, Jesus, he suffered. And my first point for today is as followers of Jesus, we will go through sufferings. You know, maybe some of you are asking, Pastor, I thought we will talk about how to get rid of suffering in our life or how to have a trouble-free life. Well, If you look at verse 17, it says, And if children, then heirs. That's us. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Paul has been talking about the wonderful position that we have as sons of God. Sons and daughters. But that doesn't change the fact that we we live currently in a world that is full of sorrow. And suffering. In fact, it is impossible to live in this world and escape that suffering. You know, Paul is not suggesting to us that we suffer in Christ, but he is making a natural assumption that when we are in Christ, then we must also be willing to suffer with him. Some of us may be suffering because of sickness or pain, either physical or emotional. We may be suffering because we've lost a loved one to death. You may be suffering today because maybe you've lost a job or maybe your business has declined or maybe you were struggling to make ends meet meet and has served maybe our last meal on the table. We may be suffering because we have been wronged or somebody has hurt us deeply or maybe because our children have rebelled against us or maybe our, our marriage is falling apart. 
you know, suffering is a normal part of the Christian life. Now, let me just clarify that. We don't wish for suffering. We don't want to have suffering. But yet, if suffering does come, then we know for a fact that God gives us grace as we go through it. You know, my family went through a tragedy 17 years ago when our, you know, Shirley and I had a, a, a son. After Bea, we had Jerome. And my eight-year-old son back then, Jerome, got sick with TB meningitis. And, you know, after two months of being in the hospital, he passed away. That was one of the most difficult seasons in our life as a couple, as a family. Uh, Bea was about uh, 12 years old during that time. And, you know, it was one of the painful uh, experiences, if I may put it that way. We've watched our son, you know, after uh, several weeks of being in the hospital, he had several uh, operations, and we watched him physically suffer in pain. And emotionally, me and Shirley are just going through such suffering. And, you know, it was 2003 of October, and after two months in December, my son passed away. What a tragedy that we have faced. And, you know, that suffering, we had to go through that. And me and my wife decided that instead of us becoming bitter with that experience, we said that, Lord, help us to become better Christians and better, you know, followers of Christ. You know, I know that some of us may have gone through a similar experience. And I can still vividly remember that, you know, that this is the pain that we have gone through emotionally. It's almost like a physical pain that we have been, I have personally, I've felt it's as if my, my heart was being ripped out of my rib cage. You know, some sufferings can really mark us for life. This particular suffering that Shirley and I have gone through marked us. It's kind of like Joshua when he had an encounter with God. He had the limp after that. He, it gave me a limp for life. You know, I remember in, uh, Peter himself uh, wrote in First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 21. He said this, And to this you were called. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. You know, we assume that Jesus took the penalty of sin on the cross so that we do not have to suffer the consequences of sin. He paid for the penalty of eternal damnation in hell. Didn't he say it is finished? He said, tetelestai, death is paid. Exactly, the wages of sin is death. And he took care of the eternal death that you and I should be facing someday. We would think that when God saves us from sin, he would also deliver us from all the pains of suffering. Well, the good news is that he will deliver us. Well, not necessarily in this life, but in the glorious future that he has prepared for us. Jesus also said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. My question for us today is, are you a follower of Jesus? Then you've got to pick up your cross daily and follow his example. John 16 also, he said this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Wow. And I thought that the gospel is the power of God. I thought that you know, if I have eternal life, then I will have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Yes, that's true. That Jesus came to give us life. Life that is full. Life that is abundant. Life 
that is overflowing, that is so true, full of grace, abundant in peace, overflowing in love and hope. We assume that when we get saved, we will also be free from any harm. Well, Paul was writing this letter addressing to the Roman believers because they are under an emperor who was hostile to Christianity. In fact, this particular emperor would actually you know, arrest Christians and actually burn them at the stake or maybe feed them to the lions. For the believers during that time, it meant that they would have to make sacrifices even to the point of death. It is self-evident for them that the gospel that they believe in would cost them their life. We must not assume that this is only applicable to the Roman believers. In fact, in verse 18, Paul said, For I consider that the sufferings in this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. You know, Paul compared our present suffering with future glory. You talk about this word glory. Glory means weightiness or heaviness, a state of being great or wonderful. It's greatness. You know, for example, when the glory of the Lord fills the temple during the time of Solomon, everyone feels the weight of his presence and the beauty of his majesty. Now, Paul was using an analogy of a scale that if we put suffering on one side and the glory on the other side, that there is no comparison because the future glory outweighs the present suffering. You know, what is to come is much greater than what it is right now. Paul doesn't make light of our present sufferings. In fact, he will eventually be martyred in the city that he was writing to. What is the future glory that Paul was talking about? Well, in verse 19, it says, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. We will be revealed someday. As children of God. Yes, right now we are children of God, but yet there is a full revelation of that day, that that day will come where we will actually sit, you know, as children of the King, sitting, you know, in our, uh, you know, uh, beside God and with Him and in His presence. And God's redemption will finally be fulfilled. It's kind of like a bride on her wedding day. The church will be revealed as blameless and radiant and spotless. And even our bodies will be perfected. We will no longer be subjected to sickness or depression or even mortality or death. You know, we follow Jesus in suffering, but we also follow Jesus in his resurrection glory. Jesus suffered when he walked on earth, but he is no longer suffering at this present moment. He is already in his resurrected and glorified body, and we will also follow in that glory someday. You know, we have to remember that there is no, when there, there's no glory without the story. You know, I believe that the reason why God is preparing this glory for us is because of the story that we are walking through right now. There is no crown without the cross, no resurrection without crucifixion. God's purpose for us is not just to adopt us into his family as children of God, but God wants us to be conformed into the image of his son. In fact, in verse 29, it says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now, what this means is that our life will model the likeness of Jesus. And part of that is, guess what? Going through Via Dolorosa. Going through Calvary Road. 
going through hardships, going through difficulties. Jesus modeled this for us, and we will also follow in his footsteps. You know, one of the many questions about Christianity is, you know, why does a good God, a benevolent God, allow sufferings in this world? You know, we cannot pass the blame to God nor fault him for what is happening in the world today. You know, he created the perfect world back then, but as of today, you know, there are almost, I believe, 23 million confirmed cases of COVID-19 around the world. Uh, as I'm speaking right now, it's the, you know, uh, fourth week of August. Close to 800,000 people died due to COVID-19. Hundreds of millions of people would actually be left without work. The impact of this economic crisis also is being felt not only in the Philippines, but around the world. There are war between nations. We see that. You know, there was a, you know, somehow an explosion that happened in Lebanon uh, last week. There are racial discriminations that results to un- unjust killings and so on and so forth. So many sufferings are happening in the world today. But we have to remember this. God created a good and perfect world until man messed it up. Now, how do we respond to the suffering that we're going through today? You know, we will actively wait in hope. In verse 25, it says, But we hope for what we do not see. When we hope we do not see, we wait for it with patience. You know, sometimes we don't understand what hope really means. Because the English language has defined hope as a casual wish or an unrealistic fantasy or maybe a desperate longing. But the biblical word of hope is this. It is the confident expectation of what hasn't happened yet, but it will. It is always expecting and looking forward to God's goodness. That is what hope is all about. Our response to our present sufferings is active patience. It is not just kesera sera or being fatalistic. Uh, it is still being active in our suffering, not giving up. You know, we pray in our suffering. We seek the Lord. We become active in our involvement without letting go. And we become patient as we wait in hope. In suffering, we either complain or we groan. And there's a difference between the two. To complain is to give a judgment without the possibility of any hope. The focus is the situation at hand. The attitude is to give up to the reality of the present circumstance without the possibility of changes. That is what complaining is all about. You're looking at you know, maybe the government, you're looking at your situation, you're looking at your, your current uh, job, your relationships, maybe you're just looking at that and you give up. You're, you're complaining. That's what complaining is all about. You're judging it as if that's the final ruling of your life. But to groan is different from complaining. To groan is to express deep grief or lament or sorrow over the pain of our situation or circumstances. Groaning is grieving at the present moment because of uh, what it is in the future has not come yet. It is trying to call the future into the present. That is what groaning means. You are anticipating of something better that is about to come. You know, even Jesus taught his disciples to pray the the Lord's Prayer. And part of that prayer is this. Your kingdom come, your will be done as it is on earth earth as it is in heaven. We're asking the kingdom of 
of God to come here on earth as it is in heaven. We're, we're anticipating, we're groaning for that situation to happen, that somehow that earth will be aligned with heaven. That whatever is happening in earth, on earth right now is temporary and that they will come or in God's kingdom will prevail here on earth. We are waiting for groaning for God's kingdom to be a reality in the present. Well, actually, when you talk about groaning, an example is this. Maybe your stomach is already groaning right now, having an eager anticipation to eat lunch or dinner later. That's what groaning is all about. You don't complain about your stomach. You don't complain about your appetite. But there's an eager expectation or anticipation of what is to come. In the following verses, we will see the trilogy of groaning. There are three uh, areas in this particular passage that we see who's groaning. Uh, And each of these three is going to be transformed into glory. First, the the groans is the creation groans. In verse 21, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Well, the whole creation looks forward to the freedom that it will enjoy when us, the believers, will enter into glory. Well, right now, creation is in bondage to decay. You know, science is defining this as the second law of thermodynamics. And it states that there is a natural tendency of any isolated system to degenerate into a more disordered state. For example, if I bite an apple and leave it on the table, guess what will happen? It will not bloom into another apple tree. It will actually disintegrate. It will actually decompose. You know, everything is running down. And man, because of sin, greed, apathy, negligence, and abuse, is speeding up the process of deterioration. In January of 1989, Time Magazine named Earth as Planet of the Year because of the abuse it has taken from mankind. We have nearly destroyed our planet, the ozone layer, letting in a deadly radiation from the sun. We have dumped tons of pollutants into the atmosphere and even in our oceans. You know, that's why the young people today would rather uh, not use plastic so that they will not dump it in the ocean. You know, we've destroyed forests. Man have actually hunted hundreds of animals into extinction. You know, the creation that God has created that once was perfect. Is now going down uh, into uh, decomposition. But yet in verse 22, we see that for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Creation is groaning under the pain. But it is not just pain. It is a pain with a purpose, like a pain of giving birth to a child that someday it will be restored as in the days of creation when things were summed up by God as very good. First uh, thing that groans is the creation. Second is us. We groan. In verse 23, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. We are being renewed day by day, though outwardly we're wasting away. We have a fixed status as children of the king and co-heirs with Christ. Now, when you talk about heirs, heirs are normally in waiting 
for the actual time when the inheritance is to be given to them, but they already have a guarantee that it will come because they're heirs. And all they have to do is to wait. And this particular kingdom concept is known as already, but not yet. Maybe you've heard of this statement already, but not yet. We are already in the kingdom, but we do not yet see it in the fullness of its glory. We're already saved. You know, we're justified, but yet we are still being sanctified. Not yet. We're not yet perfect, but that day will come wherein all of us will be perfect. You know, just to be conformed in the image of Christ is our ultimate goal. For example, physically, we may be feeling weakening in our bodies. And some of us may actually have sickness or maybe aches or pains, uh, you know, maybe some gout or, you know, I don't know what you're feeling right now, but you feel it. You know, it's, it's a reality that physically we may actually be getting weaker, but yet we are eagerly anticipating that day when our adoption will be culminated and when our body will be completely healed and uh, perfected and finally be freed from the effects of sin and death. Guess what? Someday you and I will have a better body, a glorified body. So, but you know, it's not an excuse for us not to, to uh, you know, to eat right and exercise and rest. You know, we still have to take care of our body, but yet this is a temporary tent that we have right now. A more glorified, a better body is actually waiting for us. And eventually, we will be free from pain. We will have perfect bodies with no weaknesses, no blemishes, nor defects. Looking forward to that day wherein you can actually have, you know, me actually, when you can have a six-pack abs, okay? But anyway, so the creation groans, the believer, we groan, and the spirit also groans. In verse 26, it says, Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit uh, himself intercedes for us with groanings. Too deep for words. Now, he is not groaning for himself. The Spirit is groaning for our weakness. He's groaning for us. He's groaning on our behalf. And many times, you do not know what to ask and what to pray for, but the Spirit knows exactly what we need. He knows our weak spots. He knows our problem areas. And he will make a way for us to overcome that. And since he is the Spirit of God, he is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows our future. He knows what's best for us. And guess what? When we pray, it may actually be different from what we're praying for, what the outcome will be. But His prayer is the prayer that will be answered by the Father because that is what's best for us. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And in verse 28, this is a very familiar verse that you probably have memorized You know, Romans chapter 8, Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Now, if you're beside someone there in your home, I want you to tell the person all things. Tell to the other one, maybe your, your son, your daughter, or maybe your spouse, all things will work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. You know, uh, the third groan that comes from the Spirit of God, He grieves with us over our problems, over our trials. And whatever it is that's happening uh, in us right now, guess what? All things will work out 
to be good. Even our trials, our problems, our pain, our weaknesses, He grieves for us. He, he cries out for us. And I'm grateful for the fact that the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is working in our salvation. God the Father initiated the work of salvation. Jesus made it possible by sacrificing Himself on the cross. And the Holy Spirit then helps us complete the process, the work of redemption, by helping us and purifying us so that we will be made perfect someday. And then finally, we will experience God's glory someday. Verse 30 says, And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. And He longs for the day when we will all be delivered from every trace of sin and will glorify God forever. He looks forward to the day when we will have glorified bodies. You know, the Holy Spirit's groaning will result in our glory. In this verse, verse 30, we finally, you know, experience complete conformity to the image of Jesus Christ with glorious transformed bodies united with, you know, perfected spirits which will reflect the Son of God throughout eternity. You know, Shirley and I love watching movies. You know, I miss going to the theaters uh, watching, you know, nice action movies or whatever it is. Um, you know, I'm not really a rom-com kind of a guy, but, you know, yeah, I can actually watch that. I love, I love movies with great endings. And, you know, guess what? We will all have a great ending. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, the Bible says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. You know, church, I want to encourage you. Whatever it is you're going through right now, be it be a sickness, an economic problem, a trial in your marriage, problems in your home, maybe problems with your children, you know, problem, whatever you're facing right now, all those things will pass away. These things that we're going through right now is nothing compared. These are all temporary things compared to the glory and the future that God has in store for us. My encouragement for us today is don't ever quit. Don't ever give hope, give up hope. Always hope in the future. It's a confident expectation of what has not yet come, but it will. That day will come. God will deliver us. God will redeem us. God will give us breakthroughs. God will actually make sure that we will all be conformed in the image of Jesus. If you're writing a main point today, my main point is we can persevere in our present circumstances as we hope in the future glory that God promised. We can persevere in our present circumstances as we hope in the future glory that God has promised. Well, let's bow our heads right now as we close in prayer. I want to pray for those who maybe have, are going through suffering and pain as I am preaching this message. I believe that the Holy Spirit is with you and is comforting you and strengthening you right now. Father God, I just thank you that, Lord, even for those of us who are going through a difficult season today, Father God, you know our situation. 
Lord, some of us are going through a physical pain. Maybe some of us are sick. Or maybe some uh, members of our family are going through a sickness. Maybe uh, a chronic illness. Or maybe a, 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 a bad disease, God, like cancer. Or maybe a heart ailment. Or maybe problems with the blood or kidney. Lord, I just speak your healing upon those uh, parts of the body in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you'd also... Uh, give grace and strength upon us, Lord God, even as we go through this uh, time of uh, uh, suffering and hardship. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. And I speak of the situation right now that that is temporary. And Lord God, that you're uh, a miracle working God and you're a God of the breakthroughs, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, even though we go through this, we will continue to hope in you. And I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your comfort. I thank you for your strength, God. Father God, we, we hope even for what we do not see, but Lord, yet we wait in patience for your deliverance upon us. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. I'd like to continue to pray for those of you who may have joined us today for the first time and you are not yet uh, saved. You're not sure about your eternal destination. Today you can be sure and you can be adopted in the family of God. And I'm going to just pray for you. Would you follow along with me as you pray this short prayer? Just say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner needing a Savior. Thank you for giving your life on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that he is raised from the dead. Thank you for your love for me and thank you for giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, congratulations. We'd like to uh, invite you right after the service. Please join us in our connect room so that we can actually pray with you and journey with you in this new life that you have with Christ. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, your grace upon your people. And for those of us who are needing healing today, I just pray for your healing to come. Upon everyone, may you cover us, Lord God, with your, uh, with the perfect blood of Jesus. And Lord, you said in your word that by the stripes of Christ we are healed. And we thank you, Lord God. We declare healing right now, Lord, in different homes. We declare healing upon our families, upon our loved ones. We thank you, Father God, for your grace. We thank you for your miracle, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right. If you, you know, as we end this uh, sermon or as we end this service. I'd like to remind everybody that we have prepared some discussion questions and we want you to take that and use those questions as a, you know, a time for you to reflect on the message that we have just uh, preached today and take also the time to ask the Lord, how do I apply this as you talk about this, maybe among your family members and among your uh, small groups. I'm going to just pray for all of us as we end this time of uh, our service. Father, thank you so much for our time today. Once again, we ask that you would continue to bless your people and that you would also uh, surround us with your favor. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and grant you peace. May the love of our Heavenly Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us once again today. We, uh, we hope that you will all join us once again 
uh, in our daily devotions at 9 in the morning from Mondays to Saturdays. And we'll see you all next week. We are starting a mini-series on uh, Next Generation Next. So stay tuned uh, with that. Thank you. God bless you all. subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.